गुरुर् ब्रह्मा गुरुर् विष्णु गुरुरेवो महेश्वरा गुरु शक्षात पराब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरुरे नमः I bow to my guru I bow to him as god and I bow to that god in all of you You know we think of the gurus as amazing heroes in their wonderful charity and their wonderful forgiveness and their wonderful uh, ability to accept the slings and arrows of persecution and so on you know it's really not that difficult as it seems it really is all a matter of changing your level of consciousness it's a curious thing but you no matter how dark you may be and look i'm not being personal but we all have periods of darkness and light and people who are dark they may think they'll never get out of that that's who they are it isn't so you are as much a part of god as the greatest thing to ever lived you have that the difference is simple is this it's not that he with great and heroic affirmation did something you're not ready yet to do it's that he directed his consciousness and in that direction of consciousness upward rather than downward he found that suddenly his whole consciousness changed this is the secret of kriya yoga it takes you into your spine it lifts your consciousness through the spine to the higher chakras where automatically you feel differently when the when the energy is in the lower chakras in the spine you feel worldly you feel heavy you feel low all the things we our very languages say these things but when your energy begins to come up at the beginning here and higher from the heart center upward you feel uh automatically charitable i'd like to read you two passages one is in a book um god is for everyone the spinal energy flows in two directions up toward the brain and down toward the base of the spine when the upward flow is stronger one's consciousness rises also and produces a happy positive outlook thus an interrelationship exists between the directional flow of energy in the spine and that of consciousness the energy flow is controlled by the feeling in the heart you see how wonderful yoga is it's the science of these things it's not just affirmations and pious thoughts there's an actual truth in it this interrelationship is controlled by feeling in the heart positive feelings direct that flow upward negative feelings direct it downward when the energy flows upward it inspires happiness that direction is first generated however by the desire to be happy desires plus energy produce will power the will directs the energy to flow either upward or downward depending on whether the desire directing it is positive or negative the energy flow facilitates without defining the direction of consciousness even so an upward flow of energy increases the feeling of happiness first then must come the mental predisposition to be happy and so it is that the more you can 
you can bring that energy into the spine and with, with willpower, but a cheerful willpower, not grim, but willingness. You will find that your whole consciousness can change. I remember years ago, I've mentioned this, I think, one of these evenings, how I was suddenly, I was, I was only, I'd only been with my guru for a few months, and I say that because really I'm not a moody fellow, but this was a real mood. And uh, I guess my excuse was that I was young, I was 22, and I don't know if I need an excuse. I just fell into a mood. And I found that I didn't, no matter what I did to work out of it, it just kept getting worse. Because, you know, your reason follows your feeling. And so because my feelings were down, all the reasons in the world were there to bring my consciousness down too, and I decided I didn't like this. And so I thought, what can I do about it? And so, having learned these teachings of yoga, I went to my meditation room and I just sat there, put my mind very strongly here at the point between the eyebrows, and looking upward, I just, with all my willpower, threw my energy and awareness at that point. You know, it only took five minutes. In five minutes, my entire consciousness changed. I saw all the reason in the world why the mood was just not, there was not, it was not based in reality. You see, reason will follow feeling. When the energy goes up, the feeling goes up, and then the reason goes too. But you will see that no matter how you reason with people who are negative, as my guru said, if you want to be unhappy, no one in the world will be able to make you happy. And if you want to be sad, no one in the world will make you unhappy. Did I get that right? If you want to be happy, no one can make you unhappy. If you want to be unhappy, no one in the world can make you happy. The thing is, your desire is your heart's feeling. And if you direct that heart's feeling upward, try this. Practice it yourself. It's a very simple practice. This is one of the wonderful things about yoga. People think that yoga is some abstruse and abstract and far-out thing. Actually, it's a very practical, down-to-earth thing that everybody can practice. And yes, you can practice it more and more deeply, but this is the essence of Kriya Yoga, that it brings you into your spine and directs your energy up the spine and helps you to find that the flow becomes naturally toward the spirit and not downward toward the world. Now, there's negativity in the world and there's positivity in, in the world. There's beauty and there's ugliness. And it all depends on the kind of energy you attract and accept. There's a beautiful story in conversations with Yogananda. Yogi Kagen was from India. This is saying number 81, if you have the book. Yogi Kagen was from India and was the Master's disciple. Motivated by the common failing, envy, he eventually turned against his guru. How often people bite the hand that feeds them. He continued to teach, however, and was lecturing one evening in Phoenix, Arizona, when, out of the blue, he asked, Is anyone here a member of Self-Realization Fellowship? Several of those present stood up, expecting to hear words of appreciation for the Master and his work. Instead, what they got was a tirade against the Master and his organization. 
Deeply offended, several of them telephoned the master that evening in Los Angeles and reported this outrage. Thank you for telling me, the master said. I will take care of the matter. Thus he relieved them graciously of any further responsibility in the, for the situation. Next he telephoned Yogi Kagen. What he said to him, however, was not at all what anyone expected. God bless you, he said, for the good that you are doing. I bless you. Our gurus bless you. He said nothing about the episode of the previous evening. Always when facing negativity, his way was, if possible, to emphasize something positive. Now that was his nature. That was the way he always was. I never saw him slip into negativity. But usually people think, well, what heroism, what strength, <laughs> a lack of realism. Because the thought is that, well, the, these, uh, after all, there is negativity in the world. There are dark people in the world. There are people who try to unman you and to hurt you and to hate you. And uh, one ought at least to protect himself. But you know, his positive love, his cheerfulness, these were, they were their own protection. There was one time when somebody tried to do harm to the work there in his church in Hollywood. And my guru at that time was in uh, his uh, room. He was unwell. He was not able really to come out. And the Divine Mother came to him and stood on his forehead just as a little girl. And he knew everything would be all right. Well, just then, one of the members, a Mr. Jaycott, sternly denounced what was going on. And so later, when Master was able to be out and around with people, he thanked Mr. Jaycott for his uh, loyalty and his um, energy in helping to save the situation. But then I always remembered, he said, even to do good with anger, there's always some harmful vibra vibration that remains behind. It's better always to do things with kindness. Now, worldly people don't see how. They think that, well, you've got to be stern with people. I was amazed to see how, yes, Master could be stern with those who, who had asked him for discipline, but he never was stern in anger. He never was stern to punish people or put them down. It was always with, he always saw people with sweetness. And the worst people, you know, when, when uh, the foreman of our job, we were building the India Center in Hollywood, and the foreman, his name was Andy Anderson, he was a bit of a, uh, not alcoholic necessarily, I don't really know where the dividing line is between being and not being an alcoholic, but he did tipple quite a bit. And he, of course, didn't have any kind of uh, understanding of yoga, and he just used to sort of laugh at us, yogis, as he called us, who were so, um, we'd always go off for lunch and meditate before we'd come back to work, and he said, you guys are so impractical. I said, one day I, I uh, saw somebody drop a two-by-four. Well, a two-by-four is a pretty heavy piece of wood. And he said he didn't even look to see if there was somebody underneath him. He said, you don't wear hard hats as you should in the construction trade. He saw one day, and this is the thing that got him really beginning to think. One day, he saw, he told me this. He said, I saw a two-by-four land 
at this kind of angle with somebody under it, he said it was absolutely inescapable that that two by four would land on that person's head and if not kill him, at least cause him a concussion or a severe problem. He said, I with my own eyes saw the two by four at this angle come up like that and fall in the opposite direction. Well, his world of realities and the realities that he was facing, working with us were just, he couldn't, he couldn't put the two together. One day, one of the brothers, uh, Bhimalananda, was carrying a hod of mud, as we call it, a hod of plaster up a, a steep ladder. They were plastering at the top. And at the top of the ladder, there were a good 20 feet to the ground. And at the top of the ladder, he reached out for the top rung, but the mud, the plaster was so heavy on his shoulder that it pulled him back so that he couldn't reach that. Well, there was only one possible thing for that to happen then. That hod would have, the hod would have pulled him backward and he would have fallen to the ground. And so, Bhimalananda, thinking of his guru, of our guru, he just chanted, Om, like this. And his body straightened up, and he was able to grasp that rung. Um, Andy Anderson saw this sort of thing again and again, and he, he began to develop a lot of devotion to this guru. I remember one day, it was Christmas time, and he wanted to give a present to Master, and he thought of him as his guru. He didn't even know what guru was, but he, he wanted to give him this present. And uh, he brought it up to Master's third floor room where he lived and left it there and then ran for his life. He was so embarrassed. And, uh, you know, he got down to the church. And he said, oh my God, I forgot to leave a note there to say who it was from. Now he won't know it was from me. Just then, the telephone rang and it was Master on the other end. And Master wanted to talk to Andy and he thanked Andy for having thought of him and brought that present to him. Master knew. Well, you see, when your consciousness is raised, this world becomes a very different world from the world that you live in, thinking for, uh, in your business world of, I've got to get these letters out, and I've got to go to the bank, and I've got to deposit this much money, and I've got to pay these bills. And you get so caught up in the world that your mind goes down into the world and as it goes down, you're completely helpless. If you could really, mind you, I'm not talking dreams. I'm talking the most practical thing in the world. When I built Ananda, somebody said to me once, well, but uh, uh, you don't know the world. How can you, you don't, you're not a practical man. How can you build a community like that with all the tests that you have to meet? And, oh yeah, I had a lot. But I said to him, you know, I have learned one thing. The most practical thing of all is faith. And I saw again and again that with faith, somehow God also entered into the equation. And yes, I did my best, and one has to do his best, and one has to be practical. But at the same time, with that best, you find that there is like gulls on the wind being lofted up, uh, high into the air, you find there is a blessing there that takes you and carries you forward and supports you and is your sustainer and your protector. 
So remember, be strong in yourself. Don't worry about what other people say and what other people do. Be strong in yourself. Go on alone. And you will see that no matter what you do, if you go on alone but have God in your heart, you will always, yes, always be protected. Joy to you. Walk like a man, even though you walk alone. Why court approval once the road is known? Let come who will, but if they all turn home, the goal still awaits you. No. Mm -hmm.